for me, God's timing is, is something that I don't take lightly. I do my best to listen. I don't feel that I needed a, a broken hip to come home and listen, but who's to question? <laughs> Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. Today, we're recording from the Brazosport Area Chamber of Commerce. For more information about the chamber, visit brazosport.org. Thank you to the chamber for letting us come in and record. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. We would love to have you subscribe to stay up to date with us and the community. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to talk to you about it. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. In this episode, we are talking with Ariel Lara. She is Community Development Director for the Warriors Refuge in West Columbia and is also a candidate for City Council in Lake Jackson. Welcome to the show, Ariel. Thank you for having me, Jake and Dorian. I'm, I'm really excited. So how long have you lived in Lake Jackson? I have lived in Lake Jackson essentially my entire life. So I was raised by grandparents in East Texas, but my dad always lived here in Lake Jackson. So I would spend uh, school vacation, summer breaks, things like that down here. And then I moved down here uh, when I was 14. So I started eighth grade down here. That's quite a change from uh, East Texas to yes. South Texas, right? <laughs> Big time. So if I had I stayed over there, I would have graduated with 22 other. Wow, big yes. class. And down here, uh, browses what I think it was something like 600 or 700, something wow. like that. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah, that's a big change. For <laughs> that's sure. a yes. difference, yeah. So you're a veteran, right? So yes. tell, tell us where you went, what you did, what branch? So I was in the Army. I was in the Reserve. Uh, so I stayed here um, the majority of the time. My unit was here in Houston. Um, I would do three or four nights out of the month, kind of going back and forth and things like that. Last year, I was at Fort Leonard Wood, and I was there from the end of February until the end of May, um, but I did injure myself, so I broke my hip and I broke oh, my foot my in a couple of places. And so, at the end of November of last year, I actually got a medical discharge. Did you really? Okay. Yes. So, in all the times we've talked at these events we've been to, I've never heard that you <laughs> injured yourself. You broke your hip. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's a uh, that's got to be painful. We were actually just talking this morning in a group of a group of men. We have Bible study, and we were talking about breaking hips. So it's mm-hmm. kind of weird that it's uh, yeah. that it's come up today. Yeah. So I'm always curious what convinces someone to to join the military. And there's always a different reason for as much as everyone has the same reason. Everyone has a different reason. Right. Why did you join the military? So the military for me, I mean, honestly, kind of circles back to my my childhood. Um, I had a really um, difficult childhood after 
moving into the area, um, right about 15 years old, I was considered homeless. Um, oh so goodness. I had my father down here, but um, the relationship was really strained. And then I actually had never met my birth mother. And so uh, for me, uh, kind of taking care of myself and learning how to work uh, was the only option. And I wanted the military the day I turned 18 years old. But unfortunately, at that time, uh, you could not join if you had tattoos past your elbow. Yeah. And so, no. And that did not change until 2017. And um, so, in 2018, actually, um, I have to give a quick shout out to my husband because he is beyond supportive. Um, And we were already married and we had our three children. And that's when I actually decided to join after all that. So what is that conversation like? (laughs) Hey, babe, I'm going to go to the military. Right. So he knew it was something that I had always wanted when I was younger. Um, You know, he knew it's something that I was very passionate about because I do um, a lot of advocating, a lot of volunteer work on the veteran side of things around Brazoria County. Um, And so when that came up, you know, I, he had actually screenshotted me an article and said that, Hey, you know, you, just fun fact, oh, you can join with wow. the tattoos now. Okay. And um, I don't think he thought I was going to take it as far <laughs> it was, it as was I did. It was fun fact for him. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, but we've been really fortunate to build the life that we have. And for me, you know, the Army was something that I wanted when I had nothing and no one. Right. And even as a mom with three kids and a really great husband, it is still something that never left my heart. And so having the opportunity, even on the reserve side of things, to be able to serve uh, was really important for me. And and you felt like being in the reserve, that would allow you the time to be home with your husband and your kids too, so. Yes. Okay. And so just to kind of ask the same question a different way, going after having three kids, what was that conversation like with them? Were they excited? Were they nervous? Were they... So, Do they grasp it? I mean, I don't, you know, yeah, you how, how old are the kids? Yeah. So my, my children right now are eight, four, and three. Wow. And so they were, they were really little when it happened. And um, my eight-year-old, you know, he was seven last year when I was leaving. Um, he's got a bit more understanding than the babies do. Sure. And um, he loves it. Um He's more excited now that I'm done. (laughs) And uh, and now that he understands that, you know, mom's not going anywhere anymore, um, I think he kind of, he grasps it a little bit better. Um, And it's really interesting because, I mean, my kids are the reason I do anything I do. And, um, you know, when I hear my middle or something saying that, you know, I want to be in the Army or I want to be a firefighter and just, you know, knowing that they are growing up around my service, it just, you know, makes me feel a whole lot better. So, yeah. so how did you hear about uh, Warriors Refuge? So I heard about the Warriors Refuge um, right before they actually began. So in June, uh, we will have been established for two years. Wow. So we are a fairly new yeah. nonprofit in the area. I actually used to do a lot of volunteering before I left, Um And so in 2019, I was doing a lot of anything, you know, cleanup. I was out there doing um, whatever work I could do, you know, during the day on the weekends. I would take my kids out there. And um, actually at their grand opening, which was right before they hit the one-year mark, um, is right before I left also. And so 
talking to the executive director and things like that. He was like, well, you know, when you when you come home, if you ever want to come out here, just let us know. And it was really God's timing. And, you know, we are not a faith-based organization, but we are a faith-filled organization. Sure. Um, and so he actually called me about about a week and a half after I got home last year. And I was a mess last year. Yeah. When I got I home, imagine. you know, I had a brace on my hip. My, my foot was in a cast. It was um, just not what I wanted. And right. I'm a little old in army years. So <laughs> broken hip is kind of, you kind of know what's coming right yeah, after that. Sure. And um, it was, it was really frustrating for me. And I had a lot of really just built up anger from coming home and in that, that way. And whenever Cliff, our executive director called me, he's like, Hey, I know you're, you know, you're probably not home yet. I just, he left me a voicemail and uh, he said, I just want you to know one of the grants that we wrote has come back and there's a position for community development. And I didn't even check his voicemail for about three days. And then I finally did. (laughs) Yes. I was really, um, you know, just soaking in my kids as much as I could because I came home and there was all this pandemic mess and I had no idea, you know, any of it. And I called him back and I said, do you know that I'm home? And he said, really? He said, well, do you know that this job, uh, the funding starts in a week? (laughs) You better hurry, make (laughs) a decision. (laughs) And, you know, it, it really didn't take no time at all. I just immediately, I said, I don't even know what it is, but let's do it. I want to come on. Um, and so just my experience with, you know, homelessness as a teenager and, and my experience with military and, um, the things I've done in the community over the last few years, it is just absolutely something that I knew I wanted, you know, and for me, God's timing is, is something that I don't take lightly. I do my best to listen. I don't feel that I needed, uh, a broken hip to come home and listen, but who's to question? <laughs> right. sure. So I've, I've been there ever since. Yeah. So we're going to dig in a little bit to the Warriors Refuge some more, as mm-hmm. well as your run for city council. But first, let's take a moment and hear from our sponsors. Hey, everyone. It's your friendly neighborhood realtor, Parker White with New Villa Realty. It's not a secret. The real estate market is red hot right now. Whether you have a dream of becoming a homeowner, your family's growing, and you need more room, or if you're an empty nester, I got you covered. New Villa Realty specializes in helping our clients achieve their real estate goals through a stress-free process and open communication 24-7. You will never be left in the dark, and I will be there with you for any questions you may have. Connect with me today so we can sit down and get you where you want to be. My phone number is 281-678-1811 or email me at Parker at Nuvilla Realty, N-U-V-I-L-L-A dot com. I would love to meet you. I'm Jamie Scafidi, President and CEO of the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce exists to provide support to businesses and organizations in the Alvin and Manville area. With various networking and marketing opportunities every month, the Chamber can help you grow your business. Learn more at alvinmanvillechamber.org. Hey, we want to take a quick moment and tell you a little bit about 1820 Marketing, the producers of this podcast. We believe that when businesses have quality marketing, it gives business owners the freedom to focus on what they do best. We design websites, produce videos, and create marketing materials 
could help clients grow their business. Find out more at 1820marketing.com. It's something different. And now back to the show. How would you describe what Warriors Refuge is and what it does? I would describe the Warriors Refuge as a place for a veteran to come when they have no idea what their next move is. And I mean that so vaguely because we have had veterans that have come from the VA. We have veterans that have come from a phone call that a stranger has made because they are underneath the bridge and they have a sign that says, I'm a vet, I need help. And we have had veterans come to us from six-figure salary jobs, you know, city jobs, and they have just made a mistake and they don't understand what has happened. And so I say that they just don't know their next move because we have so much to offer and everything from the, the counseling, everything from the training, the job opportunities, um, we do anything from drug and alcohol rehabilitation to PTSD therapy and things like that. So I do my best to get out to the community and let them know um, we have a room for you. Yeah. You know, if you don't know what's wrong right now, let's work together and let's get it figured out. Yeah, I will say in the times that we've been to events together, that we've talked to you, it is always on your mind. That It's always what you're talking about. And I think that I think you do a great job of getting that information out there yeah. for those that are, as you put, living under the bridge or holding a sign that says veteran will work for food, whatever. How do those people learn about you? So we have um, a few different avenues with that. And I'm really proud that we are able to partner with so many other nonprofits in our area. Um, Police and first responders are really huge for me uh, because I'm able to go out and speak to a nonprofit or to a police department and say, hey, if you come across a veteran who, you know, they just don't have a place to go and you don't want to throw them in jail, give us a call. Sure. Um, The police do a lot for us on that side of it. Um, We do our best to, to have backpacks available. So not every veteran is so willing to come down and completely understand that and get started in that, in that sense. But if we can build a line of communication, say, Hey, this is where we're at. This is a phone number that is answered 24 hours a day. um, That usually kind of helps get their mind rolling on. Maybe this is something for me. Yeah. I'm sure there's a fear in a lot of their minds of, you know, I was a, I was in the military, I was on my own, I was doing this, and for it all to, to crumble down or whatever it is that got them right. to where they are, that's a tough thing to overcome. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of seems like it, it can be a little bit of a trust issue. Yes. And I wonder how, I, not in the military, but I, I wonder how that becomes the issue, right? It, it fascinates me that people join the military, whatever branch it is, they go and they do these experiences. They do all kinds of stuff. Um, some things that will cause them to struggle in life. Some things that they're very proud of afterwards though, that there, it seems to me that there's a trust issue that they Mm -hmm. struggle with trusting another person, Mm -hmm. an organization, even other veterans. Where do you think that comes from? 
honestly, just from the experience with some of the veterans that we've had there who, you know, we started communicating five, six months ago till now is just when they finally walk through the door, um, they don't, they don't realize, you know, we're not a hospital. We're not the VA. And while we do have contracts with the VA, we offer VA programs there. Um, I think a lot of the time veterans just have this in their head where they're, they're supposed to come home and thank you for your service. And you've done an amazing job. Now just move on and, and make sure everything's normal. And I'm going to donate, you know, $10 to this foundation just in case. And that is one thing that, um, you know, just personally, I kind of feel like it's, um, while it's great in whatever capacity that someone gives, um, that's not always the case. You know, sometimes they don't, they don't want to hear that. Sometimes they just want to come back and try to have a little normalcy, you know, just depending on, on what, experiences they've had in in those situations um and that's kind of one thing where the demographics of the warrior refuge um i mean i say demographics but it's more of like we just have a really motley crew of of veterans that stay with us (laughs) so i mean we house both male and females we have pre and post 9-11 veterans and listening to what your pre 911s come in and talk about you know they're they're older they've had different struggles um and they seem to have held on a little bit longer to those struggles because really? it's been less accepted over their their time frame and now when your post 911 come in and you know they kind of realize hey this is you know something's not right or I'm trying and things still aren't working out. Um, seeing both sides of that, I mean, it's there's really no words for it. Um, but I guess to kind of just answer your question, if you can kind of wrap that up <laughs> and answer it. Um, but I really couldn't say, you know, I can't imagine. You know, I, I was really lucky oh, yeah. to stay stateside and just be in the reserve and, you know, I got, I got to go to Houston one yeah, week in a month. Went you know? all the way to, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, you mentioned uh, post nine eleven versus pre nine eleven, and mm-hmm. I got out twenty five years ago. And when I got out, there was not the general consensus that hey, thank you for your service. Now, I do believe right. that people appreciated. I do pe- believe people understood that, but it's much more prevalent now. You know, mm-hmm. I, I walk into wherever it is I am, and somebody finds out I'm a veteran by whatever means it is. It's it's almost like it's it's almost like they're just regurgitating. Oh, thanks for your service, right? right. I, I almost don't feel there's that sincerity sometimes. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes I do. You can tell that. How do you get through to these veterans? Because I know that you do. How do you get across to them that you truly are? appreciative of what sacrifices they've given and how do you help those veterans understand that there are people out there to help them? Honestly, I have to give a lot of that to my team. You know, we have case managers, we have two counselors that are on staff at all time. And that's one of the reasons why we have the process that we do is we want to make sure that when you pick up the phone, 
you call the 24-hour line or you just walk through the door, um, the person you speak to is going to be the person you talk to when you walk in and when you walk out. Oh, nice. And so I think that is one way that we really are able to connect with a veteran and have them understand that this is not something that uh, is just a day job for any of us. Um, This is something that we actually care about. Now, most of the staff there have served, um, but even those who have not, um, you know, we're really able to kind of pour everything into having the veteran walk through the door, work with their case manager um, if they need a counseling or a therapy session, things like that. Um, Being able to provide all of the services that we have, you know, that's how I feel that we're able to connect to them and say, hey, this is this is real. This is something that we want to help you with. Um, you know, our policy is, uh, it's, it's more lenient than you would imagine as far as, you know, we're here to help you. And, um, probably the, the easiest way that people recognize that is through our kitchen manager, um, Miss Teresa. And she, it's it's almost like grandma's house when it's breakfast lunch and dinner because she does an amazing amazing job of feeding everyone and she does it in a healthy way that you don't even realize you're just you know that's one of the big things that i love about my side of the job is getting to getting to have everyone fed the three meals a day this is what we're going to do for you we're not going to take care of you just mentally just what yeah. you know you're physically going to be taken care of with us yeah. and i think that's something that a lot of them come in um and realize and that seems like a very tough job to do just in overall so having something like that 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 you're so excited about and i don't know that excited is the right word but you're passionate about maybe you're very right. passionate about it um, you've also are running for city council in Lake Jackson, which I'm guessing is what the shirt dedicated to community <laughs> is for. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. And, um, and so we, we've talked to former uh, military. We talked to Fred Ortiz, who um, was EMS and SWAT and things like that. Mm-hmm. What is it about public service public that service. introduced in, interested you enough to, to, run really quickly so my background like my my want for community just stems from um the fact that i had no one to take care of me when i was younger i had nothing handed to me i was really able to kind of work my way um on my own i had some had some family i had an aunt and a couple of cousins who um i'm i'm still super close to that would allow me to kind of bounce around here and there. And, um, you know, for me, I had a justice of the peace one time take a chance on me. So I started working at 14 years old. Um, I lied and said I was 15 and I was working at a little, um, taco shop and they serve breakfast tacos and I would start early in the morning and, you know, leave there and I would walk to high school at that point. Um, and so I missed a lot of first and second periods. Sometimes, um, I got a, a letter for truancy and Uh-oh. so I walked into his office. I was scared to death and I recognized him immediately because he was a very good customer <laughs> of mine, luckily. Um, and he just asked me what was going on. He, he took a moment to listen to my story and, um, you know, had he just said, no, you're, 
you're skipping school. I'm going to put you in juvenile. I really don't know that I would be sitting here with you guys today. And when I realized that he was there because people voted him into that position, people believed um, that he would do a good job of taking care of everything your JPs do. uh, It really made me realize that, Hey, this is something that I want to be able to do. I want to be able to give back um, and take care of people who, you know, can't take care of themselves. And that has translated to not only the warriors refuge, not only the veteran side of things, um, but you know, the several other, you know, civic groups that I'm, I'm involved with here. So what has it been like running for office? I think that there's a lot of misconceptions that it's easy or, uh, or or maybe you didn't even have an idea of what to expect when you got there. Yeah. Right. I, I honestly, I've been a big supporter, um, Throughout the years, uh, I, I've joined um, several different groups since 20, about 2014, 2016. Um, 2016 was one of the first bigger campaigns that I was on um, for a, a county judge and a justice of the peace on the north side. And being a supporter on those sides, you know, I was like, man, this is this is great. This is something that I can do. Um, I've actually done quite a bit of training with uh, the Leadership Institute and the River School of Government uh, mm-hmm. in Tampa. Um, and they're a really strong Christian conservative school. And, you know, I was like, man, you know, I, I can do this. I'm ready. And then we get here and, you know, your social media is amazing and it's mm, horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing other people's conversations i feel like has has been the most difficult um when you want to defend yourself or you want to say hey this is what's happening you know i think that's the more difficult side of politics um it's not my nature though so i've i've actually felt really great you know i was across the street at the civic center, <laughs> um, at the polls. And, um, I was like, man, I, I need a blanket out here. I need to just lay down and tan. Like it's a beautiful day. <laughs> God has given us perfect weather. Um, but that's what I kind of come back to is, you know, it should be really ugly right now. We should, there should be a lot of, I'm better vote for me kind of a thing. Um, but that's, it's just not going to come from me. And, you know, my, my peace just comes from knowing that, um, you know, once again, it's, it's God's plan and you no, know, this is already done and taken care of whether we kind of realize it or not. Um, so I'm just really happy that that has been, that's who I am. And so I just, I've had a good time so far. I really have. I don't know that most people would say that during a campaign. <laughs> so. No, no, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, you talked about some of the things you're doing. You got the Warriors Refuge, you got the nonprofit stuff, the political aspirations. What does life for Ariel look like in five to 10 years? If you're successful in everything you want to do, what does life look for you in that time frame? So <laughs> it's really funny you say that because, you know, I am so extremely organized <laughs> and I am one of my biggest things is. I still carry around like an agenda. I have a planner (laughs) Um, and in, in there, you know, I have out to like 20 years written and it's not completely filled out by any means, but I know how old my kids will be. I know where I'll kind of be and things like that. But for me, I love Lake Jackson. I love my city. I love being able to be involved um, 
in many different groups. Uh, so honestly, for me, city council um, is as far as I can see right now. I would really like to be there as long as I can be. Um, I've had other people say, oh, well, you know, you should do that and then move on and do this and move on and do right. that. Um, and right now that's not anything that God's put in my heart to okay. move on to. You know, I, I like to say that I do 10 things better than I do one. Gotcha. And um, in order for me to stay focused and give as much of myself as I can, um, I would rather sit on a city council and be okay. a community member versus um, kind of driving anything further. Gotcha. You know, not to say that, you know, God won't drop me another 12 feet and put me somewhere else. Mayor Laura. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's, you never know. And so I just kind of sit back and, and listen and um, we'll kind of go from there. But no, there's, there's nothing beyond um, my heart right now um, than this. You know, my okay. kids are young and I just want to make sure that they're going to grow up and stick around here and, you know, not go up the road to you guys in Alvin right. or Fairland. Right. <laughs> well, when they do, they come by 1820 Coffee House. <laughs> there you go. 419 West Sea Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I, I appreciate you coming on and sitting down with us. I think that you have a, a story that I know I didn't know all the aspects of it. And right. I appreciate you sharing with us. No, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, I was kind of expecting a honey tea to be sitting somewhere I around here. I told Jake we were supposed to bring one, and he said, no, no, she'll be fine. I mean, uh, I drive a solid 45 minutes for one of those every other week, but. Right. <laughs> I, I can't defend that. I should have brought one. Another delicious <laughs> beverage brought to you by. No, I really do. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Um not only here with this podcast, but everything you guys do and put out into the community. Um, it's very much appreciated, you know, when I can share my passions on a platform like this, it's, it's always good news. Well, sure. We appreciate that. Thank you for coming on the show and thank you to the Brazosport area chamber of commerce for letting us come in and record to learn more about them. Visit Brazosport.org. Also, thank you to our listeners. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820marketing.com slash podcast. I feel like I said 1820 Marketing enough. You did say a lot. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>